Hello, friends. Steve Cross here. First of all, thank you to every composer of the second half of the 20th century for our introduction music there. That was in no way me just hammering the black keys on a keyboard. Uh, welcome back to the pod and Prometheus in which I, Steve Cross, create a different kind of podcast every single week featuring a different guest doing something that they wouldn't do on any normal podcast. Sometimes I create my guest's dream podcast, Martin Ostwick talking about his guitars. Today I am putting together my guest's worst nightmare of a podcast, but still something relevant enough to the book that he's currently hawking around every single channel. Do go and buy his book, if only to make up to him for all the stuff that happens here today. So join me for the second ever uh, books, What I Never Wrote. I think that's roughly the title. Hello, everybody. Uh, Steve Cross here. Welcome to Books I Never Wrote, uh, the podcast where I interview authors partly about their book, but mainly about the version of a book that they wrote in a different universe. I'm here with a sociologist, writer, dad, Jew, metal fan, uh, Keith Kahn Harris, who's written a book all about the message that's inside the thing that's inside a Kinder Surprise Egg. Keith, hello. Hello, Steve. You didn't plug the book, though, did you? No, but you're about to. I'm about to, yes. So tell me, your book, your book (laughs) that you're going to say the title of, what's it called? It's called The Babel Message, A Love Letter to Language. Tell me, we've all had these little slips of things, if we, as many kinder eggs as I do. What on earth possessed you to write a whole book about them? Well, as I always start my talks, Steve, um, I want to make it quite clear I'm not a Kinder Surprise fan. I've got some really bad news for you then. (laughs) You are. Um, (laughs) However, um, I am a language fan. And I did buy Kinder Surprises for my kids when they were little. They're older now, so I don't do it anymore. Um, And I saw in them that there is this tiny piece of paper with this enormous number of languages giving a warning message not to give the... uh, the toy to under three has got small parts and they might choke. And I just, I'd never seen so many languages in that smaller space. And it was also languages that you don't usually see, like Georgian and Armenian, Azerbaijani. And I thought it was cool. It's pretty much that. And from that, a whole world opened out to me. Wow. So um, that sounds amazing. That sounds like you could talk about that for hours. So what and I have. I'm not going to let you do is talk about <laughs> that for hours. And what I've done instead is, you know, I've imagined an alternate universe. Because if someone said to me, oh, you've written a book on kinder, I'd be like, oh, right. So a book that tries out all of the different types of kinder. And so that's what we might do while we talk about your book, while we talk about your history as a writer, um, and, you know, the way that you put together these kinds of ideas, how you got here, all the times you got in trouble on social media. We're also going to try every Kinder product that we, that I could find at my local corner shop. So let's start with the Kinder Surprise, because this is the one the book is about. Yes. Do you want to open it? You I'll, are opening it. I'll open it. I figure we don't need one each, given that you hate them. Well, you know, it is chocolate. I mean, it, it's like it, it, it's like orgasms. Like, they're never going to be that bad. Right. Yeah, better ones than other ones, but they're never going to be that bad. Right. So, so what, listeners, I'm going to pop the little yellow thing open so we can find It's quite difficult. Steve's trying to do it with one hand. Oh, he did it. Well done. Do you know how many Kinder Eggs I've opened? You've opened a lot, clearly. Right. So we've got a polar bear. That's pretty good. We've got uh, an instruction label and we've got the message. It's called the manuscript. The actually. manuscript. I call it Sorry. the individual warning is the message in right. my book. The piece of paper is the manuscript. So um, Ooh, is that a standard one? Well, 
they come in lots and lots of different versions, lots of them, and I they're all catalogued on a website. And this is actually quite this is interesting, the one we've got, because the black square on side B bottom right corner has made its appearance again. Now there is a black it's a rectangle. There's a black rectangle. Oh yeah. In the bottom right hand corner of, of side B. And that used to be on them, and I never found out what it actually means. And it appears to have returned, and it wasn't on it for quite a long time. Plus, the columns are marked by black lines. Now, that hasn't been the case for quite a few years. So looks like it's a kind of retro one, that they've, yeah. they've returned to one of their old, older designs for reasons that that uh, I can't even imagine. Listeners, you're sharp brains, so you're thinking I've just got old stock. Uh, no, this is still in date for another two and a half months. No, you can tell how old it is by the serial number for the warning message. Amazing. In the bottom right-hand corner, and I can tell from that one it's 7901857. I can tell that that's a fairly recent one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got the new UK certification mark on it. Ah, where do you see that? Well, it's not inside. Uh, okay, the back of the egg. but it's not in the inside one though. No, that hasn't reached it there yet. So there are lot, there are lots of different versions of this. Steve just took a bite. Maybe I'll take a bite too. Mm. I mean, this is the classic Kinder Surprise taste of just kind of fat and sugar loosely stuck together. It's but, not really for cho- for hipster chocolate fans though, is it? It's. Hipster chocolate fans are kidding themselves, same as hipster or anything else fans. Well, that may well be true, but they they actually sell this by saying more milk. I mean, they're really, I mean, as though parents will give, if it's milk, parents will just automatically give it to their kids and it's automatically a good thing. Yeah, if I want to give my kids more milk, I'd give them a cup of milk, Um, which is a thing they ask for quite a lot. So Kinder Surprise listeners, we're assuming you know what it's like. If you haven't had one, you should. They're a basic cultural phenomenon the toys i have to say in my experience have really gone downhill it's one of the things everyone moans about from their childhood but you used to get little flywheel cars that would buzz along for ages well i think the toys are an individual toy that's a polar bear in three parts not particularly good one um they look a bit rubbish on their own but if you've got several hundred of them right then it probably looks pretty cool i don't i just throw them straight away yeah because I'm only interested in the in the manuscript. But I could have quite a collection now if I had wanted to. I used to throw them away, but my kids are three now, so I might be able to keep them because I read the manuscript. Right, so <laughs> so that's like, you can take that away for your collection. That's Thank an, you, That's an important version of the manuscript. Now, the the there is, and you mentioned during your talk, there is a lesser version of the Kinder Surprise that's sold in all the countries where Kinder Surprise is illegal. Illegal? Banned? I don't know whether you call it illegal. I mean, they're countries where um, it's illegal to sell an edible object with an edible thing inside, including America. That's amazing. But there also seem to be countries where they're prioritising the unmentionable thing we're going to talk about next rather than Kinder Surprises. So Americans are, wonder, are worried that people will buy a Kinder Surprise and just swallow it whole. Yes. And, well... I don't fully understand why America is so punctilious about that and not other things. It yeah. doesn't really make much sense. And there is, and of course, it, it's exactly like drugs. It's created a demand for them. There are websites in America where people sort of um, get people to import contraband Kinder Surprise eggs simply because 
you're not allowed to have Kinder Surprise eggs. Yeah. Um, so it kind of creates a market in an odd sort of way. That's amazing. So in America, they have this this other thing that I've got a couple of examples of, the, the Kinder Joy with I'm, Surprise. I'm very much against the Kinder Joy. Well, let's, let's open one up and have a look. And I'll explain why. There are two reasons well, why. Well, we'll save one for me kids and we'll open the other one up. Oh, right. So listeners, when you open it up, you get two foil-wrapped egg halves. Well, I mean, the outside of it, first of all, is plastic rather than foil wrap. Yeah. That's the first thing. It's a hard shell. You've got two halves. What's this? Steve just whispered to me, what's this? There's a piece of cardboard. It looks like a tongue depressor. It's not. It's like, it's, well, should we open up the, the chocolate yeah. half? You open, you, oh, there's a chocolate half and there's another There's half. a chocolate okay, half. you open the, the chocolate half. I'll open the other Just doing it over a boundary mic for ASMR fans. There you go. So I've opened the what chocolate is that? half. It's, well, that looks horrible. It, it, and it is. It's Basically, it's a white chocolate paste with two chocolate balls. Yeah, listeners, imagine two Ferrero Rocher, but they're really exactly. small, and you've left them out and for about them six nuts. months. And, and so that's why you have the little tongue depressor thing because it's, it's is that a spoon it's a scoop it's a scoop for the paste fuck this right whatever go i'm gonna i'm not gonna use the scoop i'm gonna use my fingers because it's more podcast friendly oh look under the white paste there's brown paste oh right this is worse than oh no and when you pull them out oh listeners it looks so rotten it looks like flipping i'm gonna say animal fat that's been split out, like if you've cooked a piece of lamb and then poured off all the juices and left them in the fridge and they've separated. Yeah, it's not tempting really, is it? Oh, I mean, horrible. But what we haven't, you haven't mentioned the most horrible thing about it. Go on. Well, what isn't there? No manuscript. There's no manuscript. Yeah, we've got a toy. We've got a toy that is, is this a necklace? Uh, no, you draw around it and you, like, if it's a kinder toy. Oh, like, there is a manuscript in it. Yep. I tell a lie, there oh, is a manuscript, manuscript inside it. attached Oh, I tell a the... lie, I love kinder joys now. Yeah, well, there we go, right, wait, get ready for the second So book. I've either done shit research and missed it when I first bought a kinder joy These to might... check, but I didn't think they had them inside These are them. new kinder joys. What if all these Kinder products have worn? No, the rest well, haven't Well, the chocolate in. ones were. Or should we open the other Kinder Joy just to see if this was just a, a one-off? Of course. Let's, uh, I'll do it over the mic. This is so dirty for ASMR fans. You, you well, look, it looks like there might be one. My book is going to have to be rewritten, isn't well, it? Well, second volume, the warning labels in Kinder Joy. Well, they're the same series. They're just... There is a warning message. We're getting hyper-textual, friends. Well, I got it wrong. So it was now, worth doing this podcast just for that, podcast. wasn't it? I mean, I, when I bought a Kinder Joy just to check, there was no warning message in it, but that was a couple of years ago. So I think I can now announce to, to your listeners that, that Kinder Joys are okay. They may taste like shit, but they do have a warning message inside it. So, you know, what's not, not to like? This one came with a figure that looks like the 90s version of a cool chicken. 
I quite like that, actually. There you go. That can go with your messages. You've got to take all your messages, all your manuscripts away. All my manuscripts. For your second book. I would say that people actually genuinely not only do collect them, and they, but it's not common to collect them. But what is common to collect them is there's another coloured piece of paper which gives mm. the sort of instructions. And it's often got a little cartoon on it. And that's called the BPZ. Right. What does that stand for? I think it means in German, BIPAC. Baypack Stella or something, it means packaging material. And people do, <coughs> yeah, indeed, BPZ. So people do collect them. They're people really into them. And if you if you trade toys or sell toys, you, you usually trade them alongside their BPZ. Amazing. Right. Um, so I th- don't. No. <laughs> no. No, you just you just hoard manuscripts. I just you? hoard manuscripts. You're like the yeah. National Archives for Kinder Safety Warnings. Um, no, I was just looking at more stuff about the polar bear. That's rubbish. Right. Kinder Joy, good safety warning, terrible product, but inedible, looks like rendered animal juices. I mean, do you think kids will enjoy paste more than no. hard chocolate? No, no, no. Kids want a Kinder Surprise. They want a proper one. Plus the little poppy yellow thing. The capsule. That's proper term weight. There we go. That's how you open them with one hand, listeners. Squeeze the sides. They pop, the new ones. They're not like your old-fashioned ones from the olden days that were genuinely hard to get open. The new, well, the new you know you can ones. buy empty ones on eBay because they're very good for storing, um, good for storing drugs. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that was exciting. But So we've got in front of us all the other Kinder range. Uh, I went to my local shop. We'll start with ones that listeners might have heard of. I'm going to unwrap a Kinder Bueno. And we can see what we think of that. Well, this is new territory for me. I've never had a Kinder Bueno. Mm. I mean, I think they're a fairly standard product. You go, there's an end one. My hands are clean, don't worry. Apart from having handled a Kinder Joy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Kinder Bueno. So we've got to work. How does this fit into the, the Kinder thing? Um, let's check for any warnings on the packet. I would be very surprised if there was a warning on it. Yeah. It says, uh, milk chocolate crisp wafer, smooth milk and hazelnut filling. The only warning is storing cool, dry place away from dry sunlight. Is it in any language other than English? No. This is this is the most boring Anglophone Kinder product I've ever seen, especially from one of my local corner shops, where normally nothing has been sourced in the UK, as we'll come on to. Well, actually, um, th- this tastes like, um, is it, it's Kit Kaddish, but mushier. Mm. It, it's like a Kit Kat with paste inside. They're obsessed with paste. Yeah, it's semi-liquid, semi-solid things, as we'll come on to. As if kids are like, well, I'm not sure if I want a drink or a piece of chocolate. Squirt. I'm not sure who this is marketed to. I think it... I know. Is it market? I don't think it's necessarily marketed just to children. Well, on the front, there's a picture of two giant hazelnuts and... Uh, a glass of milk. No, I don't. It, like, no, that's probably. If it's got the milk on there, it's probably marketed to children, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but if you're a kid and you go in the shop, you want a Kinder Surprise. You don't want this. I thought this was meant to be like the grown up version of Kinder Surprise. You can dip it in a cup of tea or something. So well, I think it would disintegrate, wouldn't it? You have to dip it very fast. Also, it is like, till we break it, the wafer is completely sealed in chocolate. So it might be all right to dip. Anyway, I'll put that over there. All it's, of this. I, I'd stick with the Kit Kat, though. Yeah, no, totally. All of this, my kids are going to eat. 
uh, let's try the alternate version. Is that why you're not eating that much? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we're going through potty training, right? And what potty training means is every time somebody does a wee in a potty or a toilet, we give them a bit of some chocolate. So all of this open and give them a piece of bueno, that'll do. Piece. I never did that with my kids. You never potty trained your kids. They still use nappies. Yeah, <laughs> but that's maybe why we should have uh, used the kinder method. So w- the problem is, if we run out of kids stuff, they eat their mum's posh expensive chocolate every uh, time they well, do a wee, and that's not that's not viable. So this is this is a Kinder Bueno white. This is Kinder Bueno, and I know I'm going to hate this because just look at the outside. It's got that weird, like chopped up, chocolatey. Looks like quinoa shagged cocoa outside that the Kinder Joy balls had on it. They're, like, very, they're very into sort of deconstructing chocolate into sort of powders and pastes and soft things. It's going to get worse. I will snap a piece off. Oh, you're braver than me. Give us one of them. Oh. It's crispier than the normal one. It breaks more easily. Oh, the it's pow- sickly. It's awful. That's sickly and... The powder on the outside is like sandpaper on your tongue and mouth. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, but it's it's dust, though, isn't it? It's not nice. It's like chocolatey couscous on the outside. I'm, I'm not a big couscous fan, I have to say. How did your parents feed you too much of it? My parents never fed me couscous, but uh, actually has a good link into to my childhood trauma that uh, we discussed before we started recording. Yeah, I feed my kids all of these products that we have in front of us, well, but apparently uh, you lived a very different life. Well... I think I did have the occasional Kinder Surprise Egg when I was small, although they'd only just have been invented. They were invented in like 71, 72. Right. But I had, until I uh, wrote this book, which was during lockdown, during the pandemic, I had never eaten Nutella before. And wow. I, and I thought I should because Ferrero, the company that make Kinder products, um, they 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 owe their success to Nutella, which was created in the early post-war period. And I was assumed that I wouldn't like it because it's it, chocolate paste. And I was it's a paste again, yeah. It was a paste, but also because I have that inbuilt snobbery that my parents we my parents were chocoholics and sweetenholics, but only at the proper way at the proper time. So the idea of having chocolate on white bread for breakfast was disgusting to my parents. And I was raised up sort of being that if you had sugar in your tea, you were intrinsically a bad person. If you had white bread, you were either working class and didn't know better. But if horror, horror of horrors, you were middle class and had white bread, there was just no hope for you at all. This so, is, It all sounds really anti-Dutch. Like anti-Dutch. chocolate on white bread is Dutch breakfast. It is. So my parents were rabidly anti-Dutch. <laughs> no, they weren't. But... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Keith's parents. Sorry, sorry. I doubt they're going to listen to this, but um, so I'd never tried it. Right, we're going to we're going to try it now because in my local corner shop, you can buy Nutella and go. It's Nutella in normal writing, and then and go in a script font. The typography is horrible. So, listeners, if you've never tried this, it's uh, thirty-five grams of Nutella and thirteen grams of breadsticks, which seems to me like roughly the right ratio. It's not in the iconic uh, glass jar, though, is it? It's not. Also, the top of the Nutella is slightly sweaty. It has been sweaty under the lights. We're recording. Yeah, uh, we're recording under my my dining room lights, which are LEDs, so they're not hot, but it is a bit like a snooker table. Can we do this one hand? Because both of us are holding. Mics. I'll hold. I'll hold the pot. You get some Nutella on your. Oh, stick. it's very soft. It's very soft. You do, don't. 
didn't even need to do that. Um, so the sticks look like a child's drawing of a breadstick. See, forget the sticks. Nutella is the business. See, this I like. You're going to have your second dunk. Yeah, I'll be honest, right? If I was eating this on my own, I'll probably only use one stick. Eat Nutella. I wouldn't use a stick at all. I'd put it on a, a spoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why would you want to eat it? Why would you want to cut it with, with some bland carbohydrate? The sticks aren't even sweetened. Like, you could so, have put sugar in the dough. I don't know why Nutella as a paste is so wonderful and the other pasty things we've just been having are so vile. I think it's just the the concoction is just so perfect. I don't want to offend your parents. It's probably the palm oil. It's probably the palm oil, but they also, it's hazelnuts is, is the major thing. And yeah. Italy, and, uh, sorry, Ferrero, I think they like, they. I can't remember the percentage, but it's something like half of the world's hazelnuts yeah. are processed by Ferrera. And there's something about hazelnut and chocolate yeah, that really, really works. Well, while we're on hazelnut and chocolate then, let's do the granddaddy hazelnut and chocolate. Ferrera Rocher, very much the it's grown-ups. Well, Nutella precedes Ferrera Rocher. It does, but very much the grown-ups kinder surprise, the Ferrera Rocher. No toy, because... No toy. We've left those things behind us. We have. Listeners, by the way, I've got a little boundary mic on the table and um, we're just ASMRing <laughs> it up as much as possible. <laughs> My Dungeons and Dragons podcast listeners always tell me they want more ASMR episodes. I think it works really, really well for a rough show, probably because the inside is. I'm not sure if it is Nutella, but it's very close to it. How do you eat it? I put the I, entire thing in my mouth. I always, I always crunch all the chocolate off the outside, and then I have a perfect sphere of hardened foam. Does that make you more sophisticated than me or less? Oh, less by a million miles. Are we mm. going to? Are we going to mention the ambassador now? Because it's what's the amb- Oh, yeah, of course. One of the things that was really great with my kids is they hadn't heard of the ambassador's reception because they're teenagers so showing to that, that to them on youtube um so that was a great moment um i did to my book launch um i did invite the estonian ambassador amazing do you know them no he didn't reply but estonia has a big place in my book because i found there's a mistake in the estonian warning message and that's I thought, phenomenal and i thought the estonian ambassador would be there to sort of expresses outrage on behalf of the people of Estonia, but I think he probably thought I was taking the piss. Well, so I've just picked up uh, a product we can have a go at, which is called Kinder Choco Fresh. Um, This does have an Estonian ingredients list on the back. Oh, really? So it's Estonian relevant. Right, let's see what we've got here. Choco Fresh, what is it? Don't know. Welcome to Northeast London Corner Shop. So we've got on the back, we've got Polish, Latvian, Lithuanian... And Estonia, so this is the Baltic States version. Yeah, not English, crucially. Um, so you often find with Kinder Eggs, I mean, this is it's a bizarre thing. Kinder Eggs in British super, uh, mini markets are often Polish ones. Mm. Or And you can find the one in my local one has is a Romanian, but with instructions also, with without a 
uh, information also in Bulgarian. Amazing. Um, I don't know what the reason for any of that is. They well, presumably go to their own cash and carries. Let's find out what Choco Fresh is like. This might be uh, illegal in the UK. Maybe it's uh, illegal to put milky cream in. <laughs> anyway, we'll find out. I think it's going to be a variation on a theme, isn't it, really? I mean, there's hints of bueno. It looks well, like the, out, the outside of it looks like a normal chocolate bar. Yeah, it looks like a child's drawing of a bueno. Let's find out. Oh, that's horrible! It's got a chocolate outside with a a, pa- a white paste inside. Mm. I think on the diagram on the outside, there's two different pastes that mix at the moment you bite through it, and neither of them are pleasant. I mean. They could have just filled it with condensed milk and it would have been better than that. I feel like that's what they were going for, is condensed milk. Steve, I have to say... That's horrible. Steve? Yeah. Can we take a break, please? Yes, of course. <laughs> Are you dying? No, is this too much chocolate for you, Keith? No, you can never have too much chocolate, but you could certainly have too much white paste. You can totally have too many Kinder products in a row. Try and find one that doesn't have white paste in it. Okay. Well, those, those are the absolute dog shit of the dog shit. I wouldn't... I'm saving them for the end. I mean, it's interesting. It's it's like the, the cultural capital of chocolate is the least sweetened, the least least sickly it is, the more prestigious it is. And and Ferrero really, they don't care about that. I mean you can you can you you could respect their um the appallingness of their chocolate in some ways. <laughs> Well, this is the least white paste thing on the table. It's called a Kinder Delice. Uh, it is Polish, again. We'll have to... Uh, what do we have on the outside? Oh, have a look. It's got a whole load of your favourite languages. This looks Baltic as well. We've got Lithuanian, Latvian and Estonian. I should say, I bought all these from my local Turkish corner shop. Oh, there is a Turkish on this. Mm-hmm. I did... Um, I went in the Little Eastern European corner shop. They didn't have any Kinder products. So this is still east. I'll break a couple of pieces off. Oh no, it's soft. It's, and there's white. <laughs> it's got the least white paste of anything. No, it's a sandwich. It's a white paste sandwich. <laughs> so listen, this is like a, a very spongy cake with white paste in the middle and chocolate on the outside. I mean, it does disguise the white paste, the, the, the cakey bit. Yeah. If you bought this for your kids, they'd be like, why have you bought me a cake bar instead of proper chocolate? Oh, the aftertaste is horrible. The aftertaste is like of real chocolate, but not in a good way. I think there's a thin layer of maybe like black cherry jam hiding under the top layer of chocolate. This might be an attempt at a black foresty chocolate bar. Mm. That's bad. I don't... Why do they have so many products? I mean, I know that's naive of me. And also, why don't some of these have warnings on that just say, this is horrible, don't eat? Well, I mean, I I think they must be going for different micro-demographics, but I cannot guess what those micro-demographics might be. Like, they've they've probably got a a sort of... They commissioned an expensive piece of research on attitudes to white paste amongst... uh, Amongst I'm toddlers. not even going to show you this one. Which it's one is really this? This one is just white, just white paste. <laughs> That's the 
Milk slice. Yeah. And I think listeners, you can probably guess. Let's try let's try a bit of Kinder Country. So this actually has a UK price on it, 30p. Uh it's got English on the back. And it's only got an English address. Um which is in Oxbridge, by the way, if any of you want it to. It is, and I tried to ring them throughout the lockdown, but they were all working from home. No. Yeah. Didn't you go and visit them? Well, no. <laughs> I should have done. So this is Kinder Country, which the label applies, implies is a kind of healthy Kinder bar <laughs> with, like, wheat and barley and stuff in it. What it looks like... It's dry white, white paste in the middle. Yeah, yeah, it's dry white paste with like whole... You'd think it would just be like Rice Krispie stuff, but it actually... It has got Rice Krispie stuff. Is it Rice Krispie stuff? Oh, yeah, I thought it looked like whole grains of wheat. I mean, this is less offensive, but it is tasteless. Yeah, it's under-sugared sugar puffs with a thin layer of that classic Kinder... It just tastes of sugar, chocolate on it. I mean, you've got to admire their persistence in, and, and the creativity <laughs> with which they find new combinations of hazelnuts, tasteless <laughs> chocolate and white paste. <laughs> Maybe you're not supposed to be able to get all of these in one <laughs> shop. <laughs> it kind of Maybe they have different bear. territories. How stupid the marketing is. Well, I mean, the... the do you remember the Kinder? They used to be Kinder Surprise adverts. Yes, surprise were toy done? and some chocolate. You know, like the kid asked the mum, "I want a surprise and some chocolates." Um, and she says, "Oh, that's two things." Yeah, it was dubbed. What are you opening now? I'm opening a Kinder <laughs> Pingui. So this is two lots of white paste with a thin layer of brown paste in between them wrapped in chocolate. It came out of the fridge in my local corner oh, shop. So it's like a choc ice. The nicest thing I can say is no, it's not like a choc ice. Well, there's something vaguely gelatinous about this one, which I quite like. <laughs> Faint praise indeed. I mean, it tastes of nothing. Yeah. It's over with very quickly. So, listeners, if um, if you're interested in your, your cake geology, from the bottom it goes chocolate, cake, white paste, cake, white paste, cake, chocolate. Do you think they're doing this at random? <laughs> They've got a number of parameters in about how they combine them. <laughs> Someone runs in, guys, stop! <laughs> what if <laughs> we just put the white paste between two bits of cake? You genius! What they I, maybe we should do the Raffello now? Yeah, because okay. that is that looks like. I mean, this it looks like the Holy Grail, which is an attempt to put the white paste on the outside. No, so Raffaello, um, listeners, if you don't know these, if you've ever been bought a Kinder Surprise, uh, not a Kinder, a Ferrero Rocher selection pack, you get Ferrero Rocher, you get a dark chocolate thing that's really good. But you can't buy the dark chocolate thing on its own in the UK. If you love it, you just can't get it. You have to buy the selection pack. And the problem with the selection pack is it also has Raffaello in, which is, as much as we've been slagging some of these Ferrero products, this is the one that crawled out of the sea and died on the beach and never became an air-breathing creature. Well, in what respect? It's never up. been successful or something? Or it's just shit? It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> well, I haven't had one yet. Wait. Wait till you experience... 
the intense dryness. But this isn't marketed at kids. This looks like it's marketed at... at... Oh, this is dry. Yeah. It's entirely wrapped in the most desiccated coconut that has ever been desiccated. Oh, God, there's white paste in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's the driest, most, like, shrapnel desiccated coconut com- you've ever seen in it your comes life. Acro- I mean, I like desiccated coconut. I like bounties. And then there's some white paste. They just left the white paste machine on one day. <laughs> it's got in the. They've got a stockpile dating back decades. They made too much, so they're trying everything they can to get rid right. of it. You get a hazelnut. I mean, hazelnut's a good thing. Mm. Not in this context. Oh yes, you're right. I came. Worth it, hazelnut. Um, no, not worth it. These are actually best if you scrape all the desiccated coconut off. Mm. Okay. We're down to some real challenges for Keith now. We've got... Can we, can, Steve, yes. I asked you again. Yeah, it yeah. didn't work. I'll give you I a break. I asked you a break. Tell me more about the book. <laughs> Who published it? How long did it take to write? Where do you get ideas for your books? Where do I get the ideas from for your books? <laughs> I, I, I did a talk on this at the Boring Conference in 2017, and then it was turned into a podcast for the BBC Boring Talks in 2018. And then... Lockdown, I wanted to do something lovely. And so I just sent lots of emails to people who spoke lots of languages and commissioned dozens more translations of the warning message and turned it into a book that is secretly quite serious, but it doesn't look like it is. Yeah, much like the Kinder Maxi That's it. This is all the break you're allowing We're coming on to that. No. Um, Okay. Uh, how far do the languages go? Have you got all of the standard comedy ones? Have you got Klingon? Have you got I have Klingon. Esperanto. I have Esperanto. I also created my own language. Nice. What's your language called? It doesn't have a name because I decided to create only as much of a language uh, that I could translate the warning message in and nothing more. Um, I've also got ancient languages. I've got ancient Egyptian, ancient Greek, ancient Sumerian. Wow. Um you didn't get a physicist to do a language for you because they would have just set the whole message equal to one and then the message could just be summarised as one. Well, that you mean it is the foundational message. No, it is I, the foundational truth. Physicists are really lazy. Like if you go, how far does light travel in a year? They just go one. What's the math of mass of the earth? One. Right. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I've but, also got it in endangered languages and that's where the sort of oh. I feel politically quite passionate about like languages that you know like in the channel islands they speak versions of norman french that are endangered so i've got it in those languages i couldn't get the language of stark but i managed alderney jersey and uh guernsey wow i got it in uh a bit a revived australian aborigine language um so i've got it in a lot of languages Make me happy. Are you worried that some of these languages might go extinct and the only surviving text in that language is the warning from a kinder surprise? Well, funnily enough, you ask, but I do. There is a whole uh, scientific area, uh, scientific field about how you can communicate warnings over time, particularly ones about nuclear waste. And it's something that people have discussed a lot. And I do talk about that. 
is is how culturally specific is warning, read and keep toy not suitable for children under three years? How would you create communicate it across time? Of course, the best way to communicate across time would be to destroy all Kinder eggs. Um, but that's unlikely to happen. Why would that communicate it? Surely... There'd be no need for it. Oh, okay, okay. I was thinking just keep turn the entire world economy over to creating Kinder eggs. So could you cut it onto a gold record, send it into space for aliens to find out what we're like? Is it is it that level of communicable? Well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You know, you can put you know the gold disc on the Voyager yeah. thing, so they could have the naked man and woman unwrapping a Kinder Surprise egg, <laughs> <laughs> but not any of these terrible. <laughs> what we you should imagine do? if we gave Kinder Buenos to to aliens, and they think that we are as a, a species yeah. are obsessed with white paste. <laughs> That's the end. At the end of the next Independence Day, is we just shoot Pingu Pinguies Delices and Buenos. Uh, and a choco fresh at uh, all of the aliens. Who but this is, I mean, you'd think, you'd think though that I know about all this, these chocolate things, but I, my interest in this is really, really narrow. And 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 you're actually belatedly educating me <laughs> into her. But no, it's just when I saw you talk about your book, I was really excited that you started by saying I don't actually like Kinder surprises, and I just thought I've got a terrible idea for a podcast for you. No, um, you, you've been very diligent. We still have three left. Yes. I'm, I'm trying to turn the conversation away from the actual <laughs> things so as not to actually... Listeners, you can't see what's lining up in front of All Keith, right. which is a thing called the milk slice. Now, on the outside, it's got barley again. Um, it's barley? Barley or wheat, possible to tell. Well, a grain, a generic yeah. grain. Uh, milk, and this time it's got a bit of honey on the outside, but also a massive drawing of some white paste. <laughs> Oh no, it looks so bad. What is it? Imagine a brown bath oh, sponge. It's squashed. <laughs> it can't be not squashed. It should have It's a sandwich. On. It's a white paste it cake should, sandwich. It should have. Oh no. It should have card either side to protect it. Right, listeners, I want you to imagine two slices of brown bath sponge filled with toothpaste is roughly what it's we're looking pumpernickel. at. It's like pumpernickel filled with toothpaste. Oh, oh, it's lemony. Ooh. That lemony? Oh, it is. It's a different white paste as well. Yeah, it's slightly gelatinous. It's a bit more foamy, less dense. Do you think the guy who suggested putting lemon flavour into this is the real radical at the Ferrero plant, who's been trying for decades to say, "Guys, we've got a we need we need to explore citrus." No, I think he's dead now. You think he's dead? He's betrayed. It's a heresy. He's got concrete socks somewhere what's, somewhere in a quarry. And... What's the, is he an apostate? I never know what all these different words mean. You know, come on. Is it a heresy? Is it is it an apostasy? Um, I would. I think that's, that's the same thing, isn't it? I don't know. All right, you're, well, the, you're it, the one who writes about religion, not me. Yeah, but I'm fundamentally ignorant about most things, <laughs> as, you, as you can see from this podcast. Yeah, you learn just enough to write the thing. No. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to? Do you want to? We got two to go. Do you want to go with the one that might be bearable or the one that might finish you off? I think at this point, I don't really care. Right, we're going with the one that will finish him off. So, uh, listeners, this is a Kinder Maxi King. The drawing on the outside looks like someone's got a feast lolly and filled it with white paste <laughs> <laughs> and and caramel. 
Is that caramel or is it honey at the inside? It looks like caramel because the picture underneath is half a hazelnut sitting on what looks like a butterscotch with syrup poured over it. Mm. This is... Uh, is that supposed to be in the fridge? Is, that, is this a cold one? Uh, it came out of the fridge at the shop, yeah. But not the freezer. But this is, it's, uh, well, you can tell me how Baltic it is. The first one on this is Czech rather than Polish. Yeah, we've got Czech, Slovak and Polish. Yeah, so it's not Baltic. It's not Baltic. No. Can there's, I? There's, no, there's me confusing Eastern Europe and, and Baltic again. Hold on. Runny, Listeners, this one does not come apart Actually, easily. It, feels, it tastes a bit like Nutella in the inside. Oh, yeah, it's hazelnut. Hazelnut cream on the inside. Well, that's pretty good. It's got the outside of a Ferrero Rocher. But it's soft. That's all right. I'd eat that. I would eat that, but it's hard to imagine eating anything again after this <laughs> recording session. I did once... This reminds me... This whole experience reminds me of... I once... I've been really interested in national soft drinks. Right, right. good. Most countries have, you, you think of, you associate different countries with their national alcoholic drink, but yeah. a lot of countries have their own national soft drink. Like yes. Scotland has Iron Brew. Yes. And France has Origina. So I once, I, I organised a soft drink salon about 10 years ago where we all sampled, we had to bring interesting soft drinks. I thought this is going to be a brilliant idea. This is going to be great. And it was quite fun until about an hour in, it started to not be quite as much fun because everyone started feeling completely bilious at being sort of shooting up sugar. Yeah, the insulin spiking in all the of you. The insulin spiking, point. you know. I suppose it gives me a lot of respect for people. I mean, there's somebody at the kinder plant in Alba in Italy whose job it is to taste this stuff. You know, well, it'll be you soon because now you can, like, if you have to write a job application, you'll be able to say, I have tested all of your products. We've got Kinder Chocolate Bars listeners, but I feel like I've inflicted enough on him. Plus, it's, no, just, it's, it's the same as a candy, surprise. Or is this, do you just want to keep these ones for your kids? No, because there's eight in the pack. We can eat one. Uh, Kinder Bars are brilliant for children who are potty training because there's five bits in a bar. So you give one child two bits, the other child two bits, and you keep the middle bit for yourself. Mm. So this one is called, what's it called? Oh, it's really thin. It's called a... Kinder chocolate, that's all it's called. It's two bits one. It's two bits me and one bit for the parent being a potter train. It's literally just a kinder I mean, bar it, form. It basically is. It's got white paste, but it's not like offensive white paste. Yeah, it's more like white chocolate than white paste. It's not the Kinder Joy garbage. Just testing another bit of Kinder Joy garbage. That's right, it's a bit more chocolate in this one. It's a bit more like a chocolate bar. Mm. Also, some corner shops, if you've got children who are about one and they're screaming in the buggy, they'll give them one of these for free to shut them up. See, I'm also a parent, but I don't remember any of this stuff. I mean, I did buy Kinder Surprises occasionally, but no no shopkeeper ever gave my kids Kinder Chocolate Bars. And lollies. It cost me a fortune in lollies once shopkeepers started giving them chopper chops for free and then they wanted them all the time. 
cost me an absolute fortune in lollies. Um, Kinder chocolate, I mean, very much. Uh, that one I can live with, actually. Yeah, that's, that's, that's OK. Like, I mean, they don't overcomplicate it. No, that's human food. Um, each bar is 4% of your calories for a day. So uh, 25 of them. That's uh, three boxes plus one. And you're done. That's pretty good. This um, table looks... Um... <laughs> it looks like every table in a house where two toddlers live. It didn't. I, I, as I say, I had two toddlers. Uh, we never had. I mean, a table like this. You probably have salad cream, don't you? No, it's uh, 2022. Nobody has salad cream anymore. My parents still have sandwich spread, though. What that was sandwich their, spread? It, it, they were food snobs, except for sandwich spread. It was like one of the wartime rationing foods designed to make food go further. It's like chopped up vegetables in a sort of mayonnaise with gherkins and stuff. There used to be that, like their posh starter would be in a half an avocado filled with sandwich spread. That's that's such a brilliant collision of two different worlds. Um, where can they get the book? Anywhere? Uh, uh, there's a thing called the internet. Yeah, just get it on Amazon. Uh, but, or actually use bookshop.org. Yeah. You can Google my website. Yeah. There are affiliate links to that and yeah. stuff like that. If you don't want it quickly, use another site. But if you just want to get it, just use Amazon. And... The one thing we didn't talk about is my relationship to Ferrero. Oh, yeah, go on. Which you may have to edit in elsewhere, but um, oh. so I did ask that I wanted to meet the person who wrote the Kinder Surprise warning yeah. message and get twenty thousand pounds sponsorship of the book. Exactly, and um, they said no. Oh, and so that's the anecdote. No, and but there's also a a scan of the the, the the manuscript, the warning message sheet in the book, which technically means we should have asked for copyright approval mm. but we didn't they asked for they didn't just say we went to the pr people yeah and usually they'll just say yes or no but they they said we it has to go to the corporate headquarters to oh the my. legal team to read the book which we did and they never responded after that and that's so, good enough so one of the things that is that my publishers said you know we they, they kind of de-emphasized the kinderness of the book <laughs> In order not to, because this is one of the biggest corporations in the world, yeah. so there's no kind yeah. of surprise on the on the front. And this, and and you know, they said you've got to emphasise the language bit. And in fairness, the book is mostly about language. But what would right? So if Kinder come back and they say your punishment is you're never allowed to eat Kinder products ever again, like that's the biggest threat they can make, surely. Well, no, they could turn my publishers out of business for breaking breaching copyright. No, that's not as bad as not letting you eat. Kinder's products ever again. Uh, How would you feel? I'd feel absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I did try and find. I, I did try and find who is it who wrote this? Who yeah. is it who wrote it? Or the, put it together because nobody speaks thirty-four languages. And I actually used LinkedIn, which no one's ever done before, to go through everybody who once worked for for, for, for Ferrero, which you can do. And I sent email after email, and only one person replied. Who said, "No, I wasn't on that team at all." <laughs> But I have found a person who works for a personalised number plate company in Luxembourg yeah. who was the typographer for one of the warning messages. Well, that's sheets. pretty good. Yeah. I, I, and so I, I emailed him. He said, I, I said, uh, were you involved in this? He said, yes, so ask me any questions. So I sent him some questions and never responded to <laughs> Because he probably thought, this guy <laughs> is insane. But one day I'm going to turn up at that um, 
Luxembourg personalised number plate company. Yeah. yeah. Get trying to buy K one N D three R. Well, the thing I most want to buy, of course, is the uh, the NFT of the warning message. <laughs> Just make it. I could, couldn't I? Yeah, because NFTs that they're, they're mostly stolen stuff anyway. Yeah, I think Ferrero would probably get yeah, pissed no, off with that would, one. They would shut you down at that point. Amazing. Thank you so much, Keith. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you with white paste and hazelnut. <laughs> yeah, this is the toughest podcast recording I've ever done. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Steve. That is all I ever want from a recording. Listeners, uh, join us next time for me giving somebody either their dream podcast or their nightmare podcast, as usual. Uh, look after yourselves. Bye-bye. Uh, the Pod and Prometheus was written, produced, directed, and generally messed up by me, Steve Cross. Just to cheer Keith up, because I know he's a big metal fan, we'll play out with just some random samples called Dark Riff Off of Apple Logic Pro. <laughs>